of the TDM show. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Matthew. No, I am not the usual suspect, Greg, uh, but we still have a very vivacious, can I use that word, crew with us today. Um, and uh, we're just going to keep this steamrolling all year long. Uh, Caleb, how's it going? It's another day in paradise. You know, paradise is a little colder than I thought it would be. It was sunny outside. I walked outside and got punched by that cold. I was like, nope. I'm going to go get my big jacket. At least you didn't get uh, people elbow dropped on your ankle. Shout out Patrick Mahomes. Still coming back and winning on one leg. <laughs> How's it going, Ash? It's going. Uh, just been working and working and working. Uh, mm. I've got Taco Bell staring me in the face and great group of friends to chat with. So it's, it's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So then let, let's just go into what we usually do, guys. What have you been playing? What have you been watching? So as far as playing, I haven't really played anything this week except for Pokemon Go, uh, especially with the Tyranitar um, Pokemon event this past weekend. I got three shinies, so that was cool. So now I have like a shiny of each evolution version. Mm. And then as far as what I've watched... Um, I didn't get to talk about it too much last week, but I did get to watch Wakanda Forever. Uh, really, really, really good. Uh, definitely recommend watching it. Uh, it is a tearjerker for sure in some episodes, or not episodes, but some portions of the movie. Um, and then I also watched a Netflix series called The Imperfects, which I'm super salty that they are not continuing it. They canceled it after the first season. Uh, but it's still really good regardless, because... For the most part, there was an ending to the first season. Is so. that the 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 Sherlock Holmes one? No. Uh, so the whole premise of the series is you've got a bunch of kids that went in for experimental testing for like genetic disorders, um, and they end up taking these medication pill like these pills uh, pretty much their entire lives. And so one day, these medications stop coming. And they start developing powers, but not really powers, kind of like they call them side effects. Um, and so with the side effects, they like one of them turns into like this chupacabra beast dog thing. Uh, another one has superhuman hearing and can create frequency explosions to an extent. So basically a banshee. Uh, and then the other main character is... Uh, her pheromones, she can basically make anybody feel whatever she's feeling um, and do whatever she wants them to do. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And then you've got this mad scientist doctor that they're all trying to find to fix them. So without spoiling too much of the series, uh, it's essentially their journey on trying to find this guy and get him to fix them and ends up making it worse. Mm. So... Love a good like uh, the, how bad can it get kind of story. Right. It's like the beginning of creation of like metahumans, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm kind of salty that they didn't renew it, but I mean, after a 65% drop in interaction after the first season, I guess I get it, but like, come on, guys. Yeah. Hate, hate Sometimes you just gotta give shows more than like, a, like one season to get it, because like I've had shows where the first season was just toilet bowl dog water. 
Uh, but season two, pretty down good. Mm-hmm. Caleb, what have you been playing, watching? Um, I'm still kind of struggling to play things consistently. Uh, at this point, I think because my life is a mess and I, I don't really have time to commit to something new. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time. You know what it is. Skyrim is about to get another playthrough. Jeez. What console or, this time? <laughs> or, or, Witcher 3 next-gen update might get a playthrough. Go ahead and comment down in the comment section below which game I should play for the 197th time. Um, follow up Patreon. <laughs> I'm going to keep making that Patreon joke until we get an actual Patreon. Um, but Call of Duty. Call of Duty is the game I'm playing. Mostly just going through um, multiplayer so I can get um, all the assault rifles gold skin. Uh, I'm currently on the M16 right now. If I don't get all gold camos on this game, it's because of the M16. That gun is horrendous to use in multiplayer. Uh, maybe it's good and I'm just real bad and I've lost my touch, but that gun is tough to use in multiplayer. Um, so we'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. All right, and uh, for me, at least, the usual suspects, playing a whole lot of Pokemon, uh, Violet, getting ready for these Greninja raids that are coming up that apparently just somehow somehow Game Freak just finds ways to make these harder and never in my life did I think I would be getting into Eevee and Ivy training Pokemon and breeding as much as I have in this game and with these raids they're just going to make me like they're just going to have me keep coming back um, I've also still been playing a lot of One Piece Odyssey and I will say since last week, the combat has grown on me a little bit more. Still not a huge fan of the turn base for my action, like for these action games that I'm playing. Um, but so far, like, it's fine. It's good. Like, it's fun to kind of explore the world that they're building for this game. Um, and I will say, I have been on a whim the other night. I was on Netflix. I tried watching that 90s show. Um, I watched episode I didn't one. Like that. Wasn't for me. I was just like, okay, I get it. Someone's gonna like this. Not me though. I turned it off. <laughs> went straight to <laughs> went straight to episode one of Hunter Hunter and just <laughs> started from the beginning. <laughs> and so now we're we're rewatching that. Um, though Ooh, I man, I, I, uh, I, man, what you said, Hunter Hunter. And in my head, the name Natsu got triggered. Can we can we can we take thirty seconds of the podcast to return to our good old days of E Man? Sure, go for it. Oh, Shigaraki is that? He is a problem. I finally caught up with My Hero Academia. Why is this show so peak? Why is anime right now? So peak. First, we were spoiled with Mappa Studios just doing bleach work. And now, and now, and now, my hero is talking that tough talk. Yeah. We're not going to talk about uh, the nonsense going on with AOT, but... Oh, bro, listen. First of all, I don't know what episode it was, but it's on the internet. I called that. I knew that... I... 
Ah. What a time to be alive. Back yeah. to regular po- Sorry. Had to have that back to regular disclosure programming. Hey. hey, I haven't seen the last two seasons yet, so like, you know. It's it's good. I didn't spoil anything technically. All I'm saying is, Caleb, it only goes up from here. That's all I'm saying. It's uh <laughs> it, it's gonna be a time. It's gonna be a time. Um yeah, and so just rewatching Hunter Hunter, uh, watching uh, quite literally a ton of anime, uh, just because it's that season. The anime awards are right around the corner. Some dumb upsets probably going to happen, but you know what? We're here for it. We're just along for the ride. Uh, I also, okay, I'm going to do something I don't usually do. I'm going to put myself out there, and I'm going to admit something. I never watched Teen Wolf, but I am a huge fan of Dylan O'Brien, so I might watch Teen Wolf for the first time under the consideration and the suggestion of others around me that I semi-trust, at least. I've never watched Teen Wolf, so I can't, I can't speak to it either. So, there's that. Also, I, I have a some interest in watching the last of us TV show that just debuted. Cause episode two just came out. Um, but at the same time, I'm also in like this stubborn phase of refusing to watch anything that's even remotely resembles like zombie media, just cause I'm over it. <laughs> I I'm waiting for it to finish. Cause I want to binge it. Were you going to say something, Ash? Uh, no. I was look, reading over a few articles that I'd like to talk about. Um, but as far as The Last of Us goes, just to kind of to bring up something um, that I was talking to you guys about before, uh, the fact that the lead characters for this game have not actually played the games. I, uh, I, I, I'm not sure that I, I agree with that. I think if your entire purpose for this series is to play a video game character, you should have at least either A, watched the game movie, which is all the cutscenes put together, or B, at least played the game. Maybe not completed the game, but at least played the game so you have an idea of how the character acts. Uh, So, uh, okay. I think we're about to say the same thing, Caleb. Go ahead. You got it. You got it. I'm going to assist. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally, I would agree. I'll give some pushback on that. Um, I feel like... And especially when it comes to people of certain uh, media fandoms get so caught up in how a lot of things they feel like are supposed to be portrayed that they literally leave zero room for anything else. So honestly, if there are people that haven't played some of these and come into it, or just like, yeah, I've, I legitimately... Because uh, I'm trying to think of who it is. There are plenty of actors that going into roles and it's like, yeah, I never heard of this until my agent was like, hey, you should audition for this. And like they auditioned for it. They get the role. They crush it. Right. Like, I don't mm-hmm. find I don't find an issue with that. I think as long as they are good at what they do. And is it uh, is it Pedro? Pedro's one of the ones who has never played the game. Like he is a phenomenal mm-hmm. actor. So I am not worried in the slightest about if he can deliver or not. Uh, but again, that's assuming that they're good at what they do. 
I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people yeah. where you might have some concerns for acting chops that gets the role that I would like for them to at least have a little bit of reference. Um, but Pedro Pascal, first of all, a few like let's talk about the couple of years runs he has had from like Wonder Woman 1984 uh, to literally being Mando for three seasons now. He's playing. He's uh, on Narcos. Let's not forget that. He he's has in a Narcos. Huge role on Narcos. He's been in Game of Thrones. He's just been having a phenomenal run. And he's been crushing every single role he's been in. So I'm not worried about him in the slightest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm all for creative freedom. Um, but at the same time, you know, not to, to be a gatekeeper, but slightly kind of being a gatekeeper. Uh, when it comes to one of the series that like i i thoroughly enjoy and i have played through all of the game uh for the first and the second one uh it's it's especially with the mannerisms that each character has and i think this is why henry Cavill was loved so much for playing the witcher um is certain mannerisms certain expressions etc etc he was able to put those into it and i think that's what really makes the difference between just a series versus you know a video game series mm. for a yeah. lot of people not just for me specifically but for a lot of people who you know really enjoy this games because they're going to be the heaviest critics you know what i mean so like i said you know I'm, I'm all for for artistic expression with it because every actor is an artist you know in their own right uh but at the same time like there are bits and pieces that i would like to have put into those different shows or movies uh, just to, to make it feel closer to the game, even if it's not exactly the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if it was The Last of Us or if I was something else. I want to say that there was – I want to say it's The Last of Us was before it was shipped off to HBO to uh, stream. It was – the whole season was like given to critics to like fully score like they're essentially leaving it like the review fully up to critics not necessarily like the pre-screening from execs or whatever it's like this is gonna be great um and i want to say like so far it's been like high 90 percent favorable from a lot of people uh and i i that really comes down to writing and directing i also think and not yeah. just like whether they've played the games or not. I think that is a nice element and a good touch when someone loves a property so much. Um, but also I would like to believe, I know it's not always the case that directors and like casters also pick the best talent for the job. Yeah. And I, again, like just, and I think this is probably with games is different. So I, I'm like halfway with you, Matt, and halfway with you, Ash. I think if you play the game, it allows you to, bring something from the character into the world but i also agree that if you haven't played the game then you're like you're allowed to learn about joel like pedro's allowed to learn about joel from the script right and he doesn't have the influence of honestly the great acting the great voice acting the great mocap that was done for the game he can bring a new element to joel in a human way that we that we haven't seen before also, I think why it works, because I think I saw some of the IMBD is the highest rated show of all time, something like that. Um, extremely, extremely favorable. But with I think with me, I fall back to like a the acting chops of Pedro and apparently the entire cast. But like 
I was happy because Neil Druckmann's involvement, right? The guy who directed the video game was directly involved from start to finish in directing the show. That, to me, is, like, a big win. Mm -hmm. I think, like, we've had situations where we had high hopes. Uh, this one really burned. We were really, really hoping for a good uh, Cowboy Bebop adaptation. Did not happen. We did not get Or that. a good Halo adaptation, which some people felt burned by Terrible. that. Yeah. Real bad. Uh, yeah. We've seen what Netflix has done with live action adaptations of anime shows, even when the director was involved. Real trash, real garbage, real just hot. Like, I'm still scarred for the first 25 seconds of the live action metal, Full Metal Alchemist. Horrendous. Um, so I think there is, I think we're sitting in the Goldilocks zone where we have amazing actors, amazing writers, amazing talent all around involved in bringing an amazing story that we as gamers get to love. And for me, I see it as experiencing Last of Us all over again for the first time in a new format. No. I think people who haven't played the game have an amazingly, I think they're the luckiest. People who haven't played the game, they can now watch the TV series, fall in love with it, and then go experience these characters in a way like never before through the game. I think you're actually going to see a spike in video game sales of these games because of this show. Um, and if you've been paying attention, they've given away Last of Us, what, damn near three times now? Mm -hmm. They gave it away on the PS3. They gave it away on the PS4. And they give it away to PS5. And I think it isn't it still a part of the whole PlayStation Plus free catalog? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. yeah it is. So the they've given away this game three times now, and it's part of PlayStation Guy. So you can go pick up, like, I can go pick up this game right now. I'm not going to because uh, um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is calling my name. So. I might go play you that. You don't spend money. <laughs> no, they gave away. Oh money. yeah, fall fall in order. Fall in order. Oh yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, um, but at some point, I feel like I might cave and watch Last of Us, um, but I might end up waiting till the entire season's out to watch it. But so far, everyone seems to be loving it, um, especially if you're only taking snippets of what you see from Twitter. Um, yeah. But that's a that's also a dangerous route. So, um, Ash, I know you said you had some stuff that you wanted to get into. Um, so, why don't you kick us off? Uh, so I have two topics. Uh, one of them is World of Warcraft, and the other is three four three industry. And then I have a slightly older article. Um, it's by thegamer.com. Um, their best video game heroes of all times for a noble protagonist. Ooh, let's save so, that for last. Let's save that for last. Okay. So which one do you want to get into first? Let's start with WoW. All right. So World of Warcraft uh, is being taken offline in China. Uh, so this is going to be affecting some 2 million players, give or take. Only 2 million? Uh, for, for China? Actual. Uh, currently, 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is just the start of it because they're they're going in like segments, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, so according to this article, this is on Kotaku. Um, actually, no, not Kotaku. This is on uh, the Guardian. Sorry, the three for three ones on Kotaku. I can't speak. Uh, let's see. Popular role-playing game is being cut off due to the dispute between U.S. developers and its Chinese partner. Uh, millions of Chinese players of the role-playing epic World of Warcraft will bid a sad farewell to the land of Azeroth. The game set to go offline after a dispute between U.S. developer Blizzard and its local partner NetEase. Massively popular worldwide, particularly in the 2000s, World of Warcraft is online multiplayer role-playing games in a fantasy medieval world. It is known for being immersive and addictive, and players can rack up hundreds of hours of the game. Uh, Blizzard's games have been available in China since 2008 through collaboration with NetEase. Under local law, foreign developers are required to partner with Chinese firms to even enter the market. But now, after 14 years and millions of players in China, the two firms announced in November that talks over renewing their operating contract have failed, uh, and that has led to an agreement as a result. World of Warcraft's Chinese servers will go offline at midnight local time this Tuesday, so tomorrow, essentially. Mm. So, that is a huge hit to MMORPGs uh, fans on the other side of the pond. Um, it's this is this is a big deal because this is also going to be a, a huge chunk of change that they're going to be losing. And you said the so. dispute the dispute was over just like ne- extending negotiations, right, or negotiating the negotiating. So far, yeah. An extension on their current contract, right? Hmm. Uh, it's also going to be affecting other popular title, popular titles by the California developer, uh, Overwatch, Diablo Three, and Hearthstone. Oof. So, right now, the biggest is going to be World of Warcraft, but they're starting to look at other games that uh, NetEase and Blizzard have agreements on and whether they're going to be renewing them or not renewing them. Uh, Blizzard China said that it had requested an exceptional six-month contract extension, which NetEase refused. And so that's where the bickering started. Uh. Uh, Yeah. So it says, uh, one day, in quote, uh, when what has happened behind the scene could be told, developers and gamers will have a whole new level of understanding how much damage a jerk can make. NetEase's president, Simon Jew, uh, wrote on LinkedIn last year. So apparently whatever went down was pretty, pretty nasty dispute. They're <laughs> just like, we're done. We're done. Yeah, that sounds... <laughs> uh, and it's... Is WoW is like a top five game in China, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's currently going to affect uh, about two million... Two million... Blah, words... 2 million gamers immediately um, in Wu province and then I guess everything else is going to be taken offline shortly. Yeah. Ooh. And there's no timeline in terms of like how far out that that's going to be rippling out, right? Mm, as of right now, no. This article was posted uh, Monday, January 3rd, 2020 at 8.03 Eastern Time. So this was earlier today. Hmm. So hopefully that we can find uh, some more information here pretty soon on whether they're going to even try and repair uh, talks and, and see where that can go, because that's a huge hit to gamers 
worldwide because you know how many people on Chinese servers actually interact with you know US, Australia, etc., etc. Because it's you know massive multiplayer online game. So. Yeah. Oof. And yeah, so that's that's this is this is a big one. Um, this is a big hit to not just Blizzard in general for their their the, the fact that they make so much money um, across the pond, but this is also going to hurt the gamers and what their options are going to be for linking together through exceptional MMORPGs. Because like I said previously, at least according to this article, it's not just going to be WoW, they're also going to be a Overwatch, Diablo 3, Hearthstone, three other very big games. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very unfortunate. Especially yeah. um, and I'm sure uh, that's a good chunk of their market too so mm. yeah so they're trying to say that it's a temporary unhappy suspension um that's what blizzard china said user data can be saved for use if or when the games return uh but so far they don't have anything on how that's going to happen or where that's going to go so hopefully by next episode we'll have a few more updates um just to kind of see where this goes and how this develops no. Thoughts? And again, as we frequently say, there's something for everyone. And with as many people that play WoW, I'm not particularly a WoW person. Um, all yeah. all of the name of like greedy, probably greedy business is probably what it comes down to. Um, from oh, what it sounds it like, it's unfortunate that like a group of people can uh, take away something that's beloved by for a lot of gamers, right? So, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, unfortunately, uh, like, because Greg is a big WoW guy, like again, say, like, yeah. WoW's kind of been dying for a while, so like I don't know how I feel about this, but like, I guess it is what it is. So uh, yeah, I was kind of, I was gonna say it's kind of unfortunate that Greg isn't here today with us because uh, I'm sure he would have some uh, opinions on the matter considering he plays WoW fairly frequently, not as much as some of the other games, but um, I know for a while he was really into it. So and then next article, which is three four three Industries, uh, they are hit by a huge layoff. Uh, this was posted on. Let's see, Halo's page, this was January 21st at 5pm, so a couple days ago. Um, so basically, layoffs at 343 shouldn't have happened, and Halo Infinite should be in a better state. Former Halo Infinite player designer Patrick Wren tweeted Wednesday night, The reason for both of those things is incompetent leadership uh, up top turning Halo Infinite development, causing massive stress on those working to make the Halo the best it can be. Uh, even prior to yesterday's layoffs, 343 Industries has been facing wave after wave of high-level departures as Halo Infinite struggled to ship new seasonal updates and features on time. Most notable was studio head Bonnie Ross's departure last September. More recently, multiplayer director and longtime Halo veteran Tom French revealed he was leaving in December and yesterday in the chaos, Bloomberg reported that director and longtime Halo writer Joseph Staten 
uh, was headed to the Xbox publishing side of the business as the studio made the difficult decision to restructure. So you got a lot of big names that are that are leaving. Um, they say that they're still going to be making Halo games, but we'll see. Considering the amount of stress that's being put on on the team and developers and signers. Yeah, so. and especially with. I'll just go ahead and say how lackluster Halo Infinite was um, when it mm-hmm. came out. That I just can't help but feel like, will they ever recover? <laughs> like, yes, they could still make Halo games, but for the first time in a long time, like one of the few games that I grew up loving and playing was Halo. Halo Infinite was the first game that I, I looked at and I was just like, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. Like, that is an insane thought to have as someone who, like, grew up loving those games. Like, I, I, I want to give a shout out to the guys at the Weapon Wheel podcast who put it this way. Halo is a guaranteed system seller. How you mess that up for five consecutive years is unbeknownst to me and they said something pretty provocative again i'm not sure who exactly said it on a podcast but shout out to those guys over there on youtube go check them out 343 no longer deserves the halo franchise take it away from them go give it to somebody else no well they've also said that uh that this doesn't exactly say whether 343 is going to be the main publisher for it, um, especially considering they co-opt with Halo Wars by uh, with Creative Assembly. Um, so they've said that they're affirming that 343 themselves will still be directly involved in some way, but they haven't exactly said as to what. Um, they not be but, involved I mean, at all. They need to go. Yeah, 10,000 employees were let go. So... Mm. And that was just from Microsoft, but uh, according to this particular article, um, majority of that was from Three for Three Studios. So, and this uh, article is by Luke Plunkett, uh, published yesterday. Yeah, there's. I think it's again. We've talked about this a little bit. I feel like this is just the byproduct of. Uh, this current state of gaming where for whatever reason they feel like they can have all of these crunch periods put out essentially like a, the bare minimum version of a game and then just wait for patch updates later to fix a lot of things mm-hmm. which you see a lot of that with a lot of these really big especially the the multiplayer aspect mm-hmm. like you get a decent storyline but the multiplayer is just garbo and, and that i think from what i remember halo infinite had a pretty decently good multiplayer because multiplayer came out first and then mm-hmm. they came out with the storyline later and then everyone was just like okay yeah like multiplayer was good they were focusing on that it works storyline came out hot garbage and then it's like here's the thing though here's the thing the multiplayer that came out was incomplete. It's still the same multiplayer that's out today. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how long Infinite's been out, but they haven't had any meaningful updates as far as like patches, um, content. Like, it's just 
Oh, someone said it feels like this game was developed with a battle pass in mind and they forgot to develop the game. They spent all their time, money, and effort thinking about a battle pass and then the game development came after that. And I was like, that's a pretty sad way for Halo to go out. Yeah, so, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Microsoft is intending to do more layoffs, which I find... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Appalling? Terrifying? Shocking. Uh, well, yes, but also, like, said facetiously amusing, uh, considering their, you know, creator just gave them himself another billion-dollar bonus, basically. So... I mean, this is a company that made $198 billion in revenue and $83 billion in operating income. Like, it, like why? You know? Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I don't know. Uh, and then, last article that I have is ranked best video game heroes of all time. This is by thegamer.com. Uh, this is a slightly older article. Um, it was originally made in September, but it's been updated somewhat recently. Uh, starting at number 23, uh, that'll go from 23 to number one. So, first one on the board, uh, is Solid Snake, Metal Gear series. Uh, he's ranked at number 23. Okay, uh, hold on, real quick. For... So, first of all, I'm so glad you said this, and it reminded me, I think I sent you guys this article that I saw of, uh, the guys who tricked an AI by hiding a cardboard box. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, walking up to it? Yes. Hilarious. And y'all thought Metal Gear Solid was fake. <laughs> I just saw that. What was that? Was it still in the... Still in the text thread? I think so. It was probably like a week and a half ago or something like that. It feels like it. But as soon as as soon as I saw that, I was just like, man. Life imitates art. Imitating life. Uh, it was a Twitter post. Uh, two Marines defeated an AI detection system of a military robot by hiding in a cardboard box and walking right up to it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this was posted by Jimmy Rushton five days ago, uh, January 23, January 18th at 11.31 a.m. Oh, yeah. That's pretty That's funny because I, I was reading something about a design company that uh, some anti-AI people on YouTube, I think they're a bunch of weirdos, but um, maybe they have some credence, maybe they don't. But this design company, it's a fashion company, they're also anti-big brother or whatever so they design a hoodie that's basically a bunch of shapes and faces and people that essentially turns you invisible to ai and i'm like oh, oh man these guys put, they put hours and effort into building a shirt and homie got a car <laughs> Somebody that was playing Metal Gear Solid in sixth grade was like, what if we... Yeah, like, here's my thing. How did that conversation go? They're like, man, we can't... Guys, I have an idea. And then his partner's like, 
excuse me? No, legitimately. You know it's AI, right? It's it's He's legitimately like, like in the movies where it's like, I have an idea. He's like, and you're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> or it could go like uh, like it goes into town. Uh, I need your help. You can't ask me about it, and we can't talk about it ever. He's like, whose uh, car are we taking? Whose car are we taking? <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, comes out a cardboard box. <laughs> is is you know the guy that came up with the idea is is the rogue in the D and D party? <laughs> no, nah, he, he's not even rogue. He's a bard. <laughs> <laughs> the barbarian's just like, what? Just, just so confused. Like, how am I going to fit in this box? <laughs> can you imagine? Go for initiative. Can you imagine being like the CEO of this AI company? You spent hundreds of thousands, if not millions, almost billions of dollars creating this AI to do one thing and one thing only. This kill, steal, and destroy. And you are showing off this thing to a bunch of military generals. And you are brought down by a $5 cardboard box from an Amazon delivery man. I, no, not no, not even an Amazon delivery. Like it's it's somebody who stole one of the the shipping boxes from Walmart in the back. <laughs> you were defeated. Like honestly, an army of homeless men. <laughs> that is that is your greatest weakness. An army, an army of unhoused individuals. Listen, I just keep thinking of uh, that conversation. The guy he does the reaction, uh, the meme from SpongeBob. He's like, they used what? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, bro. Okay, sorry. We derailed this. Continue continue with the list, Ash. No, you're good. That's the whole por- portion of the list is just, you know, these characters bringing up these uh, amusing scenarios in IRL. So, uh, listed at number 22, BJ Blaskowicz. Blas- 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 I can't pronounce that. Um, whoever can pronounce that, go for it. I'm, I'm not going to try. Wolfenstein series. Uh, so, he's been around for a long time. Um but he wasn't really explored uh, until New Order. Uh, so his difficult upbringing has been revealed. Turns out the man had an abusive and racist father that made their family's life a living hell. Uh, BJ is nothing like his dad. He is an honorable man who is willing to fight against the odds and loosen the Nazis' grip on the world. In fact, he's a big problem for the Nazis uh, regime, as last name that I can't pronounce, is a one-man army. Not only is he a great combatant, but he can also survive most things people can't. So that would be Blaskowitz. Blask, Blask, Blask. Yeah. So I, I can't even say synonym. So have to say, like I said, see, when there's another complicated word, I can say other complicated words correctly. Um, anywho, <sighs> moving on. <laughs> and, uh, number 21, we have Ellie from The Last of Us series. Um, so coinciding with our earlier conversations as The Last of Us series on HBO, uh, in the first Last of Us, Elio serves as a secondary character behind Joel, uh, yet in the Left Behind DLC, uh, she becomes a main character. Labeling her as a hero is perhaps controversial. Uh, after all, it isn't like she attempts to save the world. Instead, her story resolves, revolves around survival and revenge. Um, so if you haven't played the second one, definitely recommend doing so because it really in-depth explores her character. Uh, if you played the DLC for her character in the first one, um, that one's going to be uh, kind of just the initiation into how her brain kind of works on everything. 
Uh, listed at number 20, we have Lara Croft from the Tomb Raider reboot series. Mm. So the newer ones, uh, not necessarily the older ones, uh, with voice actor Camilla Luddington, I'm assuming is how you pronounce her name. Um, she adds a lot of emotion to Lara. Uh, her determination to carry her father's legacy is a nice motivation to justify why she puts herself in these dire situations. Um, she's received multiple iterations, as you well know, from 8-bit media with uh, Madonna chest, you know, the little pointies, all the way up to fully-fledged, fleshed-out, wavy, pretty hair uh, games in, in this in this time. Listed at number 19, we have Trevor Phillips from GTA V. Uh, so I don't really play GTA all that much, so I'm going to let you guys kind of take the helm on this one, on your, your thoughts. Trevor? On this Tre game. Trevor? Trevor? But the crackhead? Uh-huh. We're not going to do that. <laughs> let me just say it. Let me, so, let me, let me say so, it right now. <laughs> We're not doing that. So the reasoning behind Trevor uh, nope. is the reason why he's the best. The, this is the reason why they this listed. The reason why he's the best protagonist for GTA in the series is because he is the worst jerk. So the whole GTA series is like who can be the biggest turd, especially on multiplayer now. Um, that's why they nominated him for so, this. So they he's like the epitome of it. They use PEMDAS in terms of him being a bad jerk means he's a good, good. here like protagonist. Protagonist for the series. Yep. <laughs> he's on crack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like. At least 80% of protagonists in any video games could potentially be on crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's not He's not on crack. He's a, a, a rock connoisseur. <laughs> he's a mineral enthusiast. Is he? <laughs> mineral he's enthusiast. A, he's a gym rock leader. Mineral enthusiast uh. is wild. <laughs> Uh, moving on to number 18, we have Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Mm. Uh, so Dante is the epitome of stylish combatant and confidant heroism. He has been stabbing, slaying, and shooting and styling on demons since the original series, Devil May Cry, in 2001. On the surface, he is a jester of sorts and brazenly confident in his own abilities. Each fight holds a little fun for Dante and takes a massive threat for him to display a more serious tone. Through the years, Dante has grown from a cocky young demon hunter to a mentor and a grizzled middle-aged man. Uh, though his attitude still shows through, he reveres the stakes usually at hand, going through extra lengths to protect the team he has built. His heart beats for those around him and helps his caring exterior shine through. So Dante, I, I really like Dante as a car character, mm -hmm. um, especially his development over the years. Uh, you know, from the very first iteration of the Devil May Cry series to the most recent ones. Um, I mean, he's just a very deep character. I would say is a good good way of saying it. So yeah, I, I I've always been a fan of the DMC uh, series. And even from an early age, I say early age, probably like when I was consciously aware of video games, when my brother would be playing them and like, and Caleb would be playing them. It was always, 
Kingdom Hearts. Um, why am I, why am I blanking on it? Dynasty Warriors, and Devil May Cry. Like those were like the three games, and FIFA four games that like carried my childhood, right? Um, mm-hmm. And a big part of Devil May Cry was always like Dante's character. So, I feel like he should be higher up on the list, but I'm gonna wait until hearing uh, <laughs> who the other ones are. Uh, so number seventeen, uh, we have Captain Price. Um, I would say he's I, his number. I think is is probably a good number out of the twenty three, because um, he's not like super duper high up there. Uh, but just his overall character development with the last couple of games, at least, uh, has definitely given us a side of him that we haven't really been truly able to experience completely. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. So, uh, you guys have played more of the storyline than I have, most recent MW uh, game. So, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's fair. I, I, again, I'm kind of meh on that one. So, I'm the wrong person to ask, probably, but I, I think it's fair. Uh, so number 16, we have Jill Valentine from Resident Evil series. So <clears throat> and since her introduction in the 1998's Resident Evil and her escape from the zombie-infested mansion, Jill has learned how to survive the worst of situations. A former Army and Stars team operative, Jill has no shortage of skills which she puts to use in her fight against the Nemesis and further bioweapons. Jill is briefly turned into a fierce antagonist thanks to a mind control device embedded in her chest by Wesker. During this time, Jill seems to add acrobats to her vast tactical repertoire. Uh, she has since gone on to fully recover and has hoped to return to the field, leading the way to save the world from another biotechnology threat. So, her character, especially with the remaster of the game, the original 1998 game, um, they kind of fleshed out her character's storyline a little bit better. Um, so, I think... I don't know if she really belongs on this list, but I can see why they would put her on this list. Um, especially with a lot of the uh, RE series being focused on more of the other characters, I guess you could say. Um, so, thoughts? I'm, I'm actually going to defer to Kale because I've legitimately only played half of one Resident Evil game. <laughs> so, as far as Jill Valentine is concerned, I understand her historical context and the importance of Jill Valentine, she's too high up on this list. I think there are significantly other characters that are way more important. Like, Jill Valentine is a character who is tangentially important to the series. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think there are definitely other people, or other characters, I, guess, I should say, that could be at this number 16 spot. Um, but... And again, I want to see like where some of these other characters end up. But Jill Valentine, uh, hmm. I would probably her put put her at like nineteen or twenty. I, I was literally about to say twenty. Twenty is the highest I would put her on, personally. Me personally, twenty uh, is highest I'm going. So number fifteen on the list that I have here currently is Clementine from the Telltale's Walking Dead series. Now, I have played all but the last one of the Walking Dead Telltale series, 
And I love these games. Um, so I love the storyline that they really created with this. I love the way that her character changes throughout all of the games. Um, so as far as whether it's going to be higher or lower, I think she's probably about right. Um, her particular character is very visceral. Um, so she's she's got a lot of development in a short time. Uh, and you get really attached to her character. Uh, you also get really attached to Lee, which is kind of like her caretaker throughout most of the games. Um, so if you haven't played these games, I definitely recommend it. If you like the choose-your-own-path storyline, um, which is what the Telltale games are, I do like the 2D like cell shading that they have, similar to that of... Uh, uh, what's that other game? Uh, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. With Claptrap, what is that game? Borderlands. Borderlands, there you go. I've been doing it. Um, so yeah, that's. I, I haven't played them, so I'm deferring to your judgment on that. Gotcha. I will uh, agree with I'm... your judgment. Have you played the Walking Dead Telltale series? I played the first episode, gotcha. but I watched I watched it on YouTube, which is why I feel like. Because I knew I wasn't going to play it, but I was like, I could watch this. Mm. Yeah, it's it, it definitely has a lot of cinematics. So it's, it's one of those types of games that if you're not a huge fan of having multiple cinematics, then it may not be for you. Um, but if you'd like to watch kind of how the story develops, then that's definitely one of those, you know, YouTube movie versions that would be good to watch. Um, Shout out to Chris so, Smooth. He did one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, number 14, we have Mae Borowski from Night in the Woods. Terrible. I haven't played this game, so I can't really give an honest Terrible. opinion on it. Um, Terrible. Way too high. <laughs> uh, number 13, we have Max Payne from the Payne series. Terrible. Um, Way too low. Let's see. Number 12, we have Samus from Metroid. Appropriate. Yeah. Uh, number 11, we have Ezio Auditore from Assassin's Creed. He should be um, one higher. I think he should be higher as well, especially with the three games that he's in. You see him from young, you know, basically college kid level uh, to middle-aged to old man. Yeah, yeah. so you, you get to see that development through all three. So I think for him particularly, he should be, I would say, probably like an eight or a nine. I was going to put him at top ten because I still think Altair should be top five. I think Altair is the greatest assassin in the Assassin's Creed series of all time. Just, like, yeah. argue with your grandma. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> fighting with you on this one. <laughs> but I think, I think Ezio is top ten. yeah. Uh, so at 10, we have Geralt of Rivia for the Witcher series. Uh, too low. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he should be higher as well. I would put him at 6 or 7. This one, I don't agree with at all. Number 9, we have Nathan Drake. Too high. I think, I think it's top 15 at least. I would say probably put him at like a 12 maybe. Mm -hmm. I would have him top 15. He's not top 10. Uh, number eight, we have John Marston from Red Dead Redemption. As much as I love Red Dead, too high. I, yeah, I, I I could see how some people make it the case for that, but I, I, I'm saying too high. 
Uh, number seven, we have Master Chief. Should be top five. I number six. Yeah, sorry, okay. I was I was gonna say I. I want to agree with that, but I want to see who they have for top five before I say that. So number six, we have Kratos, God of War series. OG or new or all the entire series. Entire series. Uh, specifically pictured though is from the 2018 version. Then I'm gonna say top five. So six is too low. Uh, so number five, they have Cassandra, which I don't agree with at all, honestly. From Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Who? Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't think she should be in the top five. She should be in the top twenty. Uh, number four, we have Joel from The Last of Us. I agree with that. I number three, we have Commander Shepard from Mass Mass Effect series. I agree with that. Number, go ahead. Uh, I, I go back and forth. I can see it, but I maybe wouldn't put him top five. So for me, I would definitely say top five, maybe top three. I would probably say four or five. Uh, but I think that's mainly due to the fact that with Master Chief versus Commander Shepard, there's, there's more depth, I think when it comes to individual storylines, just because you can choose your own adventure with Master Shepard, not Master Shepard, but <laughs> Commander Shepard versus Master Chief. Yeah. However, uh, the attachment that you get with a lot of the characters really just depends on how you play the game versus right. with Master Chief. It's really cut and dry. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of variable with that aspect. Um, yeah. I love the Mass Effect series. I always love I'm still... Super salty on how they ended three. I think yeah. it's BS, but right. And, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Those are all completely valid. And at this point, like honestly, at this point, we're getting to the point where it's all just semantics. Like anyone can be like at any point. Um, and just for me personally, super great. He would probably like Shepard would probably be sitting at like six, but like not top yeah. five. Uh, this one, I haven't really played too much Divinity, so I couldn't give you an honest opinion. I think I'm going to say this right. I think it's pronounced Lowe's from Divinity Original Sin 2. Losa. Losa. I think so. Um, and then, the chick, right? Yeah. And then that mm-hmm. sitting at number one as best protagonist is Arthur Morgan, Red Dead Redemption 2. Get out of mm. who made this list? <laughs> Are these supposed to be RPG only characters? Mm-hmm. Uh, best protagonist is uh, the reasoning behind a lot of it, at least from this article, and the reasoning why is character development. Um, so I mean, I guess so, but I I, I can. If we're think going of a to lot put character characters. development as a big factor. Then John Marston beats Arthur Morgan. What are we talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. What are we doing yeah, here? So like. So, I this find is that, literally, uh, I, yeah, this is literally saying, like, oh man, we're gonna make a list of the top one hundred po- Pokemon, and at the top of it is a water fire Pokemon. What are we doing? Honestly, the funniest part about that is that the there's another list top ten best normal type Pokemon uh, for the trading card game. <laughs> if it's a if it's if it's a sheeple at the top of that list, I am moving to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, flights out of LAX are uh, really cheap right now. Hey, listen, Google Flights got it. <laughs> so top of the list is actually for that one for the the trading card game is Reggie Gigas E Star. Reggie Gigas is a cheat code though. That, it doesn't make it, you can't you can't that, you can't disagree with it. It's a cheat code. Yeah. Anyways, that, I, I this there's so many things with Lister dumb. Yeah. Lister dumb and people who make Lister dumb are clearly there. It's all yeah, for clicks. So I find that's amusing. Yeah, I find it kind of amusing that that was that was on the list and how it was made. So uh, I figured I'd bring it bring it to topic and just kind of get opinions. So. Uh, that's all I currently have. Uh, if you guys have anything else, Loki, that kind of pissed me off. I don't even want to do anything else after that. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, did you have anything else? I, maybe, maybe I should just become the annoying guy that makes YouTube lists, particularly to piss people off. Because every time one of these lists come up, I gotta go take my heartburn medicine. I don't even heart have heart. I don't. Even, I can't even speak English. I don't even have heartburn. I just be drinking Pepto Bismol to calm down. <laughs> Stop it. Heartworms. <laughs> what is happening? You I'm said you don't even have heartworms. <laughs> I don't have heartworms or heartburn. And this is oh. why we can't have nice things. Anyways, well, guys, <laughs> if you want to, like, irritate us just that much more, send us send us your favorite lists that you think that you'll know will get our bloods pumping because we will critique and analyze them. And Caleb will have strong words about them. Um, but, guys, as always, thanks for listening. You can hit us up everywhere at the TDM show um, and be sure to share this with your friends, like leave a review. Um, and next week back in action, be sure to hit me up on uh, the switch so that we can hit these Greninja rates because game freak comes swinging for the fences every single time. And I'm just not trying to get one shot by a water Pokemon again. Uh, but anyways, from all of us here, have a great night.